nothing specific, Trevor David. It's like four in the morning. Can't sleep. Allergies. My favorite time of year. You know, like Christmas is uh, people's favorite time of year because Santa Claus comes and brings them presents. It's the same, except my my favorite time of year is uh, allergy time because Satan comes and brings us allergies. What the hell, man? It's yellow outside in Atlanta. It's yellow. It's yellow. What's the yellow, you ask? It's the pollen. It's like a pollen hurricane outside. And, uh, you know, and during the allergy seasons, I try to stay inside. Because if I go outside for, you know, more than 30 seconds, all the pollen in the universe finds its way into my nostrils and tortures me to death. It's nothing quite like not being able to breathe, not being able to see, not being able to hear, not being able to sleep. During allergy season, I'm only about 12% human. The other 88%, I'm Satan's allergy spawn. And then I take pills, you know, I take pills. I take pills all day long. When allergy season hits, I, you know, I make a pact with myself that moving forward, I'm going to be healthy. I buy all kinds of vitamins and nose cleaning utensils and I get the filters in my apartment changed and I vacuum the floors and (sighs) nothing helps nothing helps so we're a year and what a month into this COVID thing and everything's different but Everything's still the same, I guess, but worse. I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is why do people want more? What is it that drives people to want more? More what, Trev? More everything. More everything. People want more time. But they don't realize that there's only a fixed amount of time. But people want more. They want more clothes than they have already. As if they don't have enough. As if they need more shirts. 
I got, I got, I got to get like seven more shirts, man. I need like seven or eight more shirts. I've only got like 60 shirts. I need like seven more and then I'll be fine. If I can, if I can get seven more shirts, everything will be good in my life. I need, I need, I need an extra, I need one extra shirt to, to, to wear to work. I need another shirt to wear to the gym. I need this other shirt you know, to wear, wear to my family's house. I need another shirt just to look good in. And then I need another shirt, like, um, to hang, to hang out at my friend's house. And then I need one more shirt just to have an extra shirt. And then, and then they get those seven shirts and they're not enough. People need more shoes. How many pairs of shoes? You know, I'm a I'm I'm a shoe guy. I'm a culprit of the more shoes thing. I think it's necessary to buy at least three pairs of new shoes every year. And I, I don't know why. I've I you know I, I wind up throwing my shoes away. Which to me, unless unless the shoe is completely worn out, like you're like you're a hobo, you know, or something. Unless the shoe is completely worn out, you know, you should be able to keep it forever. But if that's the case, like how many shoes are you going to end up with? If your foot stops growing, let's say your feet stop growing when you're. 20 probably they stop growing when you're like 13 or 14 but let's assume your shoes stop growing when you're 20 at three new pairs of shoes a year at 30 that's 10 times three you've got 30 pairs of shoes at 40 you've got 60 pairs of shoes at 50 you've got 90 pairs of shoes. What do you do with all these shoes? Like, what do you, what do you, what, 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 do, you, what do you like? You, you wake up and you put on one pair of shoes, like to go to the kitchen, and then another pair of shoes to go to the bathroom, and then another pair of shoes to take a shower, and then another. How many shoes? do you need like go take a look at your shoes closet right now go ahead go ahead i'll wait go ahead no go ahead go ahead how many pairs of shoes in that closet that you have do you wear regularly like three two three yet still you're you know shoes you you need People need more and more shoes. People need more and more shirts, more and more, uh, you know, stuff for their house. Like stores like, uh, what's the name of this store? Uh, It's not, yeah, Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby. They've got Hobby Lobby here in Atlanta. And it's a cool store. It's actually a pretty cool store. I'm not going to lie to you. Hobby Lobby is a pretty cool store, but does anybody really need anything in Hobby Lobby? What's Hobby Lobby got that you actually need 
they've got like uh you know they've got little boxes that you can put stuff in and stamp kits and uh like like brass pictures and like puzzles and little dusty things and artifacts i mean what really is all that junk what is it what is it really what is it i i know i don't i've never really understood i got popcorn dust in my eye i've never really understood what 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 the fascination people have with knickknacks is you know you go to some people's house and their house is just filled with knickknack little statues and you know like i don't know plastic animals and like dolls i got this aunt aunt deborah out in california and she's got this one room I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if it's just one room, but she's got this. She's got a fixation with dolls, and my aunt Deborah is, you know, she's no spring chicken. Let's just put it like that. Aunt Deborah's sixties, seventies. I don't know. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. I'm actually attracted to her. It's another. That's another. Um. That's another uh, podcast, but. Aunt Deborah's got these dolls all over her house, and they're they're you know I don't know I don't know how this sounds. It might sound racist, but they're black dolls. They're all these black dolls all over the house, dolls, and they are absolutely terrifying. They're terrifying. These dolls. She's got. I, I, I'm afraid to go into her house. The dolls might attack me or like, I don't know, form a cult against me. The, the, the cult of the dolls or I don't know, scheme up some kind of way to steal something from me. I don't know. Deborah's got all these dolls. How many, how, how many things do people want people always want more and more and more of everything i mean do you know anybody anybody at all who is satisfied with what they have like do you know anybody that ever have you ever heard anybody say hey you know what i got enough shoes or you know i got i got enough jeans i i, I never need another pair of jeans ever have you ever said heard somebody talk like that like i got enough i got enough i don't need any more that 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 would be a complete anomaly at least here in america right nobody's got enough of anything here in America everybody everybody wants more and they don't just want a little more or a few more 
They want a whole lot more. Like, in my opinion, stores like Sam's Club and Costco, these stores, in my opinion, sprang up out of somebody's recognition of the fact that Americans need 800 rolls of paper towel stored away in their house right people go to people go to people go to Sam's Club and you know Costco these places and they buy gigantic boxes you know of of toilet tissue paper huge boxes of like uh you know lotion like palletfuls of these things that they just store in their house and i wonder like does it does it give them like some kind of mental or emotional satisfaction is uh, seriously like is that what they do they get some kind of mental or emotional satisfaction from having so much stuff and then still still needing more always needing more you know men 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 need more I don't know electronic stuff men need more and more and more sex right like I mean have you ever have you ever met a dude that was like you know what I've had enough sex I don't I don't need any more I've had enough or 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 a dude who's having a certain amount of sex you know I don't know, once, twice, three times a week. But that's not enough. You know, if the guy's having sex three, four, five times a week, he needs more sex. More than that. More. He needs more sex. Like, how much sex can you have? And, you know, if you ask a dude a question like that, like, hey, bro, hey, man, like, how much sex is enough for you? Your average dude, American dude anyway, is going to tell you it's never enough. He needs more and more and more. Man, I can do it all night. I can I can do it all day. I could I could do nothing but have sex. And you know what? If that dude somehow found himself in a position in life where he was having nothing but sex, He'd still want more. It's never enough. Women, women, what they seem to want from men is more time. You know, more and more. They want to spend more time with you. You know, they, you know, like if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you spend the night with them or an evening with them, 
they want to see you again the next day and they, they want to go out somewhere with you. They want to go out, you know, doing something more time, more, more, more time. And my question is like, we were just together last night. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what's new that we can do today because probably we'll be together tonight right or tomorrow night so what are we gonna do tomorrow during the day lots of women don't understand that like as a guy you've got to manage your life right you've got your life to manage during the day you know you've got your errands to run, I don't know, bills to pay, work to do. If you're a creative dude, then you gotta you gotta focus on your creative stuff and you know, you gotta find time to eat and take a shower and you know, vacuum up your house. You know what I mean? Like how much time is enough time to spend with your partner. I know some people who, 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 you know, they want to spend all day, every day with their partner. And that, to me, that's like unimaginable hell. That's, that's like a constant allergy attack as far as I'm concerned. If, if you're, the more time you're spending with whomever is the less energy you're putting into developing uh, a desire to see that person. You know what I mean? Like, if you woke up and you ate pancakes for breakfast every single morning, which I could easily do, but if you work up if you woke up and you ate pancakes every morning and then at lunch you had pancakes and then pancakes for dinner at some point you don't want pancakes anymore at some point the last thing that you want is a pancake am I right? that's what I think I think it's healthy to spend time away from the person you're involved with in order to to develop a certain amount of missing them, right? That's, I mean, that's just my opinion, but it's, I could be wrong, but it seems like women want a lot of time with this dude and this dude's got stuff to do, man. Let's this come on let's let's be honest this guy's got stuff to do right if he didn't have stuff to do like before you met this guy before you met this guy he was doing his stuff you know he was creating himself creating his world you know he's creating the world that on the day you met him and then when you meet him 
This world that he's created, this is the thing that you find attractive. This is the attractive thing about this guy. It's, of course, you know, maybe the dude is good looking, you know, I don't know, whatever, handsome, charming, whatever the hell. But when you get beyond the, the when you get beyond the, the handsome, charming stuff and you start to find out what this dude is about, that's the stuff that attracts you. That's the stuff that you like, you know. That's the stuff that's attractive. What this guy, the world this guy's created, the world that this guy lives in. And it's taken him time to create this world. So once you start making demands on this guy's time, he no longer has as much time to invest in creating this world that you like, right? I mean, it's logical, it's simple. It's simple, it's simple logic, right? This guy created this world before he met you using his time. Now that you've met him and you guys are dating or whatever, you want more and more of his time, which allows him, doesn't allow him enough time to be able to, 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 to create his creations and therefore his creations sort of start to die from lack of time and energy because he's now, you know, he's now taken a lot of the time and energy that he was using before to create whatever he was creating. He's now giving that to you and therefore, you know, his creations start to die and you know, you find yourself demanding more of his time, his creations start to die, then you start noticing flaws in the guy. Right? You start noticing flaws in the guy. You start noticing, I don't know, you know, uh, you don't like the guy's voice. You, You don't like, really, the guy's clothes. Um... I don't know, the guy doesn't, he's not as affectionate as you want him to be, whatever, whatever the case may be, because you've got so much more time with this guy, you're able to therefore start to pick this guy apart, it's simple human biology, it's simple, like if you were to, if you were to stare at the carpet and not take your gaze off the carpet, you'd start to notice all kinds of little stuff in the carpet. And then at some point, you might want to rip that carpet out of your house. It might, you might realize, oh my God, this carpet is disgusting. What the hell? How have I, how have I been living here with this dirty, filthy, disgusting carpet underneath my feet this whole time. But you'd only do that, you'd only come to that conclusion if you stared at the carpet incessantly and unwaveringly for a long period of time. It's the same thing with human beings. Human beings are carpets if, if, if you're with someone 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve hours a day. At some point, this person, you, you, you start to notice every single little thing about this person. Oh my God, look, he's going to the bathroom again. He's gone to the bathroom seven times today. Jesus Christ. What's this guy got, a bladder problem? And then, you know, and then suddenly this guy that you really liked, he, he, he becomes just what, like a walking bladder for you. you. You don't even see the guy anymore. All you see is this big, stupid bladder walking around. And that's because proximity, constant proximity breeds animosity the better you get to know someone it's like a curve it's a curve you're getting to know someone you're getting to know someone it's fun it's fun it's fun it's good and then at some point you've had enough and you don't want to get to know the person anymore but you think you do convince yourself you don't know the person well enough you need to know more and more about them and then at some point you know too much about them and then some of that stuff that you know you hate them because of it the very same things that in the beginning you liked about them you start to hate about them because you had to deal with it every day constantly for hours on end and you know the truth of the matter is you've done that to yourself am I right I don't know am I right am I wrong marriages that's you know marriage is a game of you know what's the word um losing returns uh Oh, I heard somebody say this the other day. The guy who wrote that book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, Mark Manson, I think is the dude's name. Um, great book, by the way. But yeah, you know, the more involved you become into certain things, certain things, relationships, I think, is one of them. At some point, the return on investment becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And my opinion is that that is because of the law of proximity and the law of diminishing returns. The, the more you know your partner, the more time you spend with them, your return on investment becomes smaller. This is to me why marriages, you know, I'm not, I'm not against marriage. I'm not, I'm not one of these people that's against the institution of marriage, but you know, if you're, if you're with the same person every day, every morning, every night, you know, it just, how can it not lose 
its appeal? How can it how can it stay eternally interesting and appealing to you? How is that possible? How? If you know every little thing there is to know about this person, then what's left to learn? And as human beings, biologically, our brains are programmed or our brains have evolved to learn, to constantly question, um, to be constantly curious. And once that curiosity kind of goes away, then you enter kind of a death spiral. And I think that's what happens in a lot of marriages and relationships. And I think it, you know, it happens as a result of people getting together and feeling as though at some point getting to some point of feeling like they can't do without the other person. They can't, they can't, they can't do without the other person. They need the other person like to survive. They need the other person to provide them with happiness or, you know, a sense of self-worth or a sense of self-esteem or purpose. This other person comes into their life and provides them with these things and then they need them and that need isn't attractive neediness you know the next step beyond neediness is desperation and neither neediness or desperation are attractive qualities when's the last When's the last time you were driving your car and some homeless person rolled up to you needy and desperate and you wanted to get to know them better? Hey bro, um can I can I you know, you got a uh, you got some spare change? You could, you could give me some spare change. I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten anything. You know, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm dirty. I really need, I really need your help. Is that attractive? Is that attractive? No, but, you know, relationships and people put themselves in positions exactly like that where they're needy and desperate and it's an invisible line kind of in relationships it it it's it's an invisible line that that when you cross it you're not quite aware that you crossed it but some dynamic in the relationship has changed and things go awry from there um, people, people feeling as though, you know, they need you and your, your time and your, and, you know, more of your time and more and more and more of your energy for themselves. You know, they need more and more of your time and your energy for themselves, taking more and more 
time away from you and whatever you're doing. Not realizing that by taking that time from you, they're also taking a little part of what they found attractive about you from you. So therefore, they are unknowingly decreasing your level of attractiveness to them by them needing you more and more. The other thing is like they don't they don't consider like how their lives were before they met you, you know? Like they were they were going along fine. They were going along fine. So if they were going along fine before they met you, then the fact is that they don't need you. And I think, you know, I think I think that's what's that's attract that's what's attractive you know when you meet somebody and they're in their own, they're doing their thing and uh, you're doing your thing and your two things meet and match for a while but as soon as it switches over to need and desperation it just it becomes it's no good after that I think it's no good after that I think Let's talk about packaging for a minute. This is something that I, this is, you know, does everybody have the same problem with packaging that I do? When I say packaging, what what do you mean packaging, Trev? Like I'm talking about like like a package of uh, cashews. You know, the cashew little packages you see, they sell in the store or like um, tea bags even or, um, you know, nasal spray packaging. I have so much problem opening things. It's as if the it's as if the manufacturers don't want you to have the product itself. Like, all they really want you to have is the package. You got the package, but you can't open it. I, you know, I, 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 and I'm not weak. I go to the gym. I go to the gym. You know, I go to the gym. I take turmeric. I go to the gym. It's not like I'm weak. Why do I have so much problems opening things like you know, like I said, like the, like, like, like tea bags, man, like tea bags. And like, what I end up doing is I, I usually end up getting like a knife from the kitchen and just gouging things open, even cereal bags. Like my God, who, who, like, are they, are bodybuilders? Are they are, are are is cereal made for bodybuilders? Because the, the the cereal bags are almost impossible to friggin' open. Am I freaking out? No, no, no. Am I freaking out? I packaging. I, it's my worst enemy, man. It's my worst enemy. Sometimes when I buy stuff, I I. I <laughs> I give myself an anxiety attack 
thinking about taking the thing home and struggling to open it. I've jumped up and down on stuff. I've jumped up and down on stuff just to open the bag so I could get to, you know, the craisins or whatever it is that's inside. What, what, What the hell is with the packaging? Why can't they make it easy to open? Like, what I think is... I think stuff should just be put in boxes. Forget the forget the plastic. Forget it all together with. Just put stuff in boxes. Like I just I I want the cereal in the cereal box to just be in the cardboard box. I don't want it to be in a bag. I don't want it to be in a bag. I just want it to be in a cardboard box so when I can I can just open the box. You know, with a steak knife and just pour the pour the damn cereal from the box man what's the you know plastic is destroying the oceans anyway so i think plastic is one of the um the worst things humans have 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 invented plastic plastic i mean how much plastic junk do you have in your house and yet still you want more more plastic crap I mean even the word plastic itself right you hear the word plastic and what do you think you immediately think fake you immediately think fake cheap uh chintzy I think the world would be a better place if we could get rid of plastic. Um, So now I'm going to move on to Doritos. Now listen, here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. Can you remember a time that Doritos did not exist? Can Can you even imagine a time where Doritos don't exist. Can you even imagine it? I can remember a time when there was only one flavor of Dorito. Now they got like six flavors. They got salsa Doritos and fiery salsa Doritos and, you know, sweet fiery salsa Doritos and blue cheese Doritos. They got all kinds of Doritos. That's not my point. Have you ever experienced the Dorito effect? That's that's what my point is. Have you ever experienced the Dorito effect? Well, Trev, what's the Dorito effect? What is it? What's the Dorito effect? The Dorito effect is you can never eat one. You can't even eat just 13 or or even 20. Man, you start eating Doritos, that bag, no matter how big, is going to be finished that sitting. My God, is there anything else on earth as addictive as Doritos? 
my god in heaven these i mean come on seriously is 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 the is the dorito dust that's on top of the dorito chip is it crack like dorito crack wait doritos but the, the, you know the fact is doritos are delicious man i mean as soon as the dorito chip touches your tongue it's like a it's like a full body orgasm it's it's doritos are stupid delicious man ah. And I try not to eat so many chippy stuff, even though I am a potato chip connoisseur. I, I love, love, love a good t- uh, potato chip. But Doritos are in a complete class by themselves, man. Th- these things are so magnificently delicious i i just ate it look 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 here it's my i just ate a full bag of doritos of doritos it's four o'clock in the morning no it's not it's not four o'clock it's 4 42 in the morning and i just i was sleeping kind of in between sleep Sleep and dreaming. Um, you know, I was in that theta wave portion of sleep where you're not quite sleeping, you're not quite awake in between, and then suddenly I thought to myself, Doritos, man, within 10 minutes, I'm at the gas station buying a bag of Doritos. I mean, like I said, can you remember a time when Doritos didn't exist? Can you imagine a world without Doritos? These things are just, oh my God, they're so, so good. What? It's almost like it's the perfect product, right? There are a few perfect products, I think, in the world, um, I can't, I, you know, I, if I can think of any, like Pop-Tarts, right? Pop-Tarts, perfect product. You know, I, I, I was able to wean myself off of pop, Pop-Tarts recently, but I'm in my 50s. And let's just put it like this. Let's just put it like this. You know, it took me... I've eaten Pop-Tarts for 45 years, you know, for 50 years, I've eaten Pop-Tarts, perfect product, Raisin Bran, perfect product, am I, do you you get where I'm going here, yeah, Coca-Cola, perfect product, Chick-fil-A is on its way to becoming a, a perfect product, right? There's a few, there's a few, there's, 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 there's a few, you know, I'd like to say there's a perfect candy bar and I'd like to say Snickers is that perfect candy bar, but it's not, it's not 
there's room for improvement on the Snickers. First of all, Snickers bars today don't have whole peanuts. It's like they've got like little, little like peanut crumbles as opposed to whole peanuts. When I was growing up, they had whole peanuts. And at that time, the Snickers bar was closer to being a perfect product, but it isn't anymore. I, I, I don't think that there is a perfect candy bar in America. I think someone, I think there's room there for somebody to create the perfect chocolate candy bar here in America. It doesn't exist. It, 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 it really doesn't exist. Think about it. Think about it. Kit Kats? Eh. Eh. When's the last time you had a Kit Kat? When's the last time you had a craving for a Kit Kat? Eh. Milky Way? Milky Way bars have gone the way of, uh, you know, the Dodo Bird. Nobody, nobody talks about Milky Way bars. Nobody talks about chocolate candy bars. You know, nobody talks about them, about them here in America. Why? Because there isn't a perfect chocolate candy bar. Nestle Crunch, I think, Nestle Crunch and Snickers bars are the two closest things to a perfect American chocolate candy bar and neither one of them are perfect. Somebody needs to get on that, man. I'm telling you right now. Somebody needs to get on that. But back to the Dorito effect. These things, Doritos are, you know, I don't know what the world would be like without Doritos. Can you imagine a Dorito-less world? A world without Doritos? It would be a darker world. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It would be a darker world world if there were no Doritos like who's the guy how rich is there a Mr. Dorito have you ever met anybody with the last name Dorito like have you ever met a like you know Michael Dorito or you know or or, well Dorito is a Spanish word I guess I don't even know if it's a real Spanish word so I guess you know, the guy that invented Doritos, he, you know, his, his first name's probably not Michael. His first name's probably, you know, Luis or, or, or Frederico, F- Frederico Dorito. No, 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 no. That's asinine, you know, but likely the guy who, 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 who invented Doritos is, you know, likely he's American. Likely he's likely it's an American guy who invented Doritos. So it might have been Michael Dorito or maybe Tom, Tommy Dorito. Tommy Dorito, actually, no, that sounds like a a gangster, like an Italian gangster kind of name. Tommy Dorito. But whoever invented Doritos must really, really, really be rich. I mean, because this product is, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's part of American culture. Doritos, right? Baseball. I don't think baseball is part of, you know, I don't think baseball should be included in the pantheon of, uh, you know, Americana 
as it were. I think, I think baseball should be replaced with, personally, I think it should be replaced with football. I think football is a much more American thing, not only because, you know, football's, the way we play football here in America is only played that way. The sport only exists here in America and Canada. It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. How's that? Did you know that? There's no Russian football team. Come on. There's no, there's no uh, Japanese football team, Chinese football. No, man. No, there's no Mexican football team. No, 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 no. Football, the way we play it here in America, is 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 exclusively ours, and and Canada. So I think we should replace the baseball, apple pie, and what's the other thing? There's three things, right? baseball apple pie and something else that they say you know these are like american things i think it should be football doritos and i don't know what's the third what's the third you know iconic american cultural thing football Doritos I don't know wow that's that's something to think about right that's something to think about football Doritos well you tell me you tell me what what should be maybe stupidity Football, Doritos, and stupidity. No, listen, I don't want to insult anybody. You know, I don't think all Americans are stupid. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm American. I'm American. If I, if I thought all, if I thought all Americans were stupid, then I'd be calling myself stupid, and I don't want to do that. So, um. But what 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 would that third American thing be? Hmm. This is Trevor David Houchen. Nothing specific.